Hey everyone, it's me, Phil Albertelli from The Week in Doubt again. So I decided why not do an extra unscripted episode this week. I just wasn't sure how well yesterday's episode was received. Um, kind of a weird thing for a skeptic to say, but I just had kind of a bad feeling about it. Uh, I noticed that uh, I think it has probably about 70 views so far and uh, only one upvote and a downvote. And uh, the upvote, that was me. Yep, liked my own video. <laughs> usually, usually I'll have a few, uh, at least a few upvotes by now. And uh, I didn't hear any feedback from anyone, so I wasn't sure how well it was received. And this is a subject that I wanted to talk about anyway that I've been putting off for about a week. So I'm like, why not just uh, throw another episode out there? And I know some people prefer the unscripted ones. Yesterday's uh, episode was heavily scripted. And I still got something wrong. I think twice I referred to Lady Gaga's uh, Super Bowl halftime show as being from last year. It was actually the year before. That was 2017. I think for the most part, I, I had my facts right. I just had trouble remembering uh, what year we're in or what year uh, which Super Bowl took place, uh, ironically enough. But we'll see how that video fares. I expected it to get some down votes just because uh, whenever you challenge conspiracy theories, well, people don't like having their conspiracy theories challenged. So you can almost guarantee that uh, when you tackle something like that, you're going to get some down votes. We'll see. And also, you know, something like a topic like Lady Gaga. Um, not everyone shares the same musical taste, and she's probably one of those artists that people either love or hate. So some of my regular listeners or viewers might be like, Lady Gaga, what the hell? But I heard that, uh, you know, I, I just, I saw that right wing watch clip where this kind of Christian fundamentalist guy is trying to say that a star is born is satanic. And I'm like, Really? This, like, Hollywood romantic drama, whatever. Really, the guy even tries to say something like that, satanic. So I'm like, let's cover it. Let's have some fun and cover it. And that was a very uh, heavily scripted episode. This one, completely off the cuff. So some people might think this is off topic. Why the hell am I talking about Joe Rogan and Alex Jones on a podcast that's geared primarily towards atheists and agnostics, that kind of thing. But I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, and I've harvested a lot of clips over the years from his show, because he's had some interesting and controversial guests on, and sometimes uh, the topic of religion will come up. And, you know, I'll, I'll grab some, uh, some clips off of the uh, episode in question and kind of dissect it and analyze it on the show. And um, I've often brought up his kind of unusual friendship with Alex Jones on the show, too. And so uh, if you weren't aware, Alex Jones and Joe Rogan had kind of a falling out. And I think it stems back to when Alex Jones was catching a lot of flack for questioning um, the mainstream Sandy Hook massacre narrative and putting like a wacky conspiracy theory spin on it. 
suggesting that the children who were slaughtered in that massacre actually weren't killed and the parents were crisis actors and all this. And a lot of people, including myself, who generally speaking find, even if we don't believe in what believe what Alex Jones is saying, we still find him entertaining. Um, we thought that was kind of a bridge too far and that was just too much. And even Joe Rogan criticized him for that. And, you know, because now you're not just talking about turning frogs gay or whatever. You're, you're talking about dead children. You're talking about people's kids. And I think uh, so Joe stopped having him on his show. And uh, once again, they were real they were friends in real life. Their friendship goes back to the 1990s. I think the final straw for Alex Jones was when Joe Rogan recently had Jack Dorsey, the uh, the head of Twitter, on. And uh, Jack Dorsey in general, kind of an unpopular figure. Uh, definitely uh, bad blood there between Dorsey and Alex Jones, at least on uh, Alex Jones's part. And Joe Rogan obviously hosts an immensely popular podcast and his like to dislike ratio, you know, it's usually really good. I mean, people love his podcast and the likes usually, uh, far outshadow the, the dislikes. But on that episode, when he had Jack Dorsey on, I think people just in general don't like Jack Dorsey. And then on top of that, they thought, um, Rogan was just tossing him softballs. So I had never seen a reaction to a Joe Rogan uh, video like that before. There was just an avalanche of downvotes. The downvotes far outweighed the uh, likes. I, I think there might have been, the last time I checked, you know, it was which was, what, weeks ago now, right in the wake of the episode, I think it had like 64,000 downvotes or something. Uh, and I imagine they probably even increased since then. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, you know, it's kind of weird that Alex Jones has such a strong dislike of Jack Dorsey, in a sense, because I think when Alex Jones was being deplatformed, Twitter was one of the uh, the last platforms to kick him off or whatever, or the last. Uh, but I... I, I <laughs> I kind of get people's dislike of Dorsey, though, um, both due to his policies and uh, also, I mean, maybe it's kind of unfair to judge people on their superficial personality traits or whatever, but he's one of those people that comes across as being very kind of affectless. I don't know what it is about tech CEOs coming across as these kind of soulless automatons, but he has this very kind of deadpan affect, you know, kind of like uh, Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. Um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's me, like an idiosyncrasy on my part, or if it's just human nature, but I'm automatically kind of distrustful or wary of people that seem to lack emotion or human warmth who just seem too kind of flatlined or whatever, you know? Um, 
But it's interesting, you know, I, I've always kind of had this weird affection for Alex Jones in the sense that even though I don't buy into the stuff he says, I find him entertaining, almost like uh, <laughs> a performance artist or, or a comedian. I, I'm not saying that's how he views himself. I, I think he really does believe in a lot of what he says. Uh, does he kind of... Uh, ham it up a bit, you know, for the camera. Um, perhaps he does. Uh, you know, is he kind of a showman or is what you see on InfoWars what you get in real life? And I think Joe Rogan has said a lot of that actually is pure Alex Jones. But uh, I think he probably he probably does believe a lot of what he says. He does buy into a lot of, a lot of this conspiracy theory stuff, but I also get the feeling that he does kind of, uh, magnify things or ham, uh, ham it up a bit for the camera. And, um, I've, I've just, I think a lot of people feel this way too. Just even if you don't buy into what he's saying, he's just like so entertaining to watch. And, um, so I've never really taken him seriously and I never really thought of him as, say, like a dangerous or formidable figure. It probably wasn't until the Sandy Hook thing where I really started to say, all right, th this isn't all fun and games. You know, this took kind of an ugly turn here when you're kind of bringing dead kids into all this, you know. Um but now that Alex and Joe have had this falling out, I'm seeing kind of this side of Alex Jones that I haven't seen before where, you know, he's not just a clown to be laughed at. If, if he has a real beef with you, no matter how close you were, he will come after you. And he's been fighting dirty. And I, I actually didn't know he had this in him. You know what I mean? I mean, I've t heard him talk shit about George Soros and the quote-unquote elites and all this, but I didn't know he had it in him to go for a, a good friend's jugular like this. He has really been fighting dirty. And I'm gonna play some clips and, uh, I f and I want to give a shout-out to a YouTube channel called The Progressive Voice. Uh, it's kind of a clip-slash-commentary show, and I really like it. And I s I've started watching that channel on a daily basis. My only criticism of the show, and I say this very half-jokingly, is all the commercials. There'll be like a 15-minute uh, long episode, and like every every three to five minutes, there'll be like commercials. And I get it. I don't fault any content creator for trying, you know, to monetize. I've been tempted to do that same thing before. I've just never done it because, I, probably because I'm so insecure and, and don't want people criticizing me for it. You know what I mean? But I've been tempted. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should try the, you know, stuff episodes full of commercials. So I'll be like on my exercise bike or working out on the other side of the room. And all of a sudden, like one of those extra long commercials will pop up. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I gotta run to like, uh, the computer, skip past the... If, if it's a short commercial, I'll let it play. If I like a content creator and the commercial is short, I'll just let it uh, play. So hopefully they get some uh, ad revenue. But if it's a long commercial and the video's littered with commercials, I'm like, come on, man. 
I'm trying to work out here. But uh, but once again, that's just I'm just kind of like half joking. I don't fault the guy for trying to monetize his uh, content. Um, but yeah, I, re I really like his channel. And so he featured some clips from uh, InfoWars, recent episodes of InfoWars, of Alex Jones going for Joe Rogan's throat, man, and fighting dirty. And uh, even as a big Joe Rogan fan, there's got to be some clips here that, you know, that might make you go, whoa, holy shit, did Joe Rogan just say that? But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll play. And so, yeah, I harvested these Alex Jones clips from uh, Progressive Voice episodes. So once again, just want to give him a shout out. So I'll, I'll play these uh, clips and comment as we go along. InfoWars is a torch to light the way. This fear of the leftists and the globalists, they'll be censored if you don't lay down to them. The real fear is laying down and what comes after. All right, I, I don't want to attack my old friend of 21 years, Joe Rogan. But in the last decade or so, we grew apart. I didn't go to UFC matches, didn't go to most of his comedy shows, didn't hang out with him four or five times a year like I've done since 1998. I might see him once a year. He might call me a few times a year. I might call him a few times a year. And then my listeners told me, why are you saying Joe's a good guy? He's having all these globalists on, these CIA people on. He's pushing censorship. And then I got sued for Sandy Hook. Because my listeners questioned the official story. The internet did. I looked at it and said, I could see how folks think it's staged. There's some anomalies. But over the years, I couldn't say definitively. So I said, okay, the shooting happened. They're just using the shooting to demonize all gun owners. And that's wrong. That's not letting a good crisis go to waste. In the words of Rahm Emanuel, Obama's former chief of staff and then Chicago mayor, who's outgoing. But then I began to see him with Jack Dorsey on and promoting square cash and not explaining that that's his company or that joe is being sponsored by it or that they're making bitcoin the main functioning system of that and not the other cryptocurrencies and seeing a global government and a global currency so i got critical of joe about that and then i got sent this clip of joe this has got to be five six years ago and i okay so yeah like fasten your seat belts because <laughs> you know one of the things I like about Joe Rogan, and, and maybe it's because I, I kind of see myself as having a similar background to him, coming from like a working class New England, Boston area family. One, one of the things I've always liked about Joe Rogan is that he's kind of down to earth and rough around the edges. And yet at the same time, he has a sincere intellectual curiosity. He's naturally intelligent. He's always he always wants to learn more and more and he, he wants to know as much as he can about different subjects. And I've always really admired that about him. And I admire how he's kind of a warm guy with a good heart, but at the same time, uh he's not afraid to call people on their bullshit, uh, doesn't care for political correctness, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um but he's going to make this kind of off-the-cuff racial joke. And it's a pretty ugly joke, and it's got to be kind of hard 
to defend because even if you're someone like myself who enjoys inappropriate humor, it's still, it's gotta be hard to excuse this one, but uh, let's get back to the clip. I'm not even gonna say what's on the tape because corporate media is so deceptive. Established media, they will take what I said and put it out. That, he said, well, that's their problem. Yeah, man, let me tell you something. I said Hillary was responsible for hundreds of thousands of dead in, in Libya and the Middle East and tens of thousands of women and children to sex slavery and tortured to death. And Megyn Kelly on Fox edited it in with another tape of me talking about Pizzagate. And it's in a lawsuit, an edited tape. And once we get just talked about Pizzagate yesterday. I'm talking about Iraq. I'm talking about Syria. I'm talking about Libya. They edited that in with another tape. It's crazy. So I've just learned that I'm not going to say what Joe said. I'm going to play what Joe said, and I'm going to make clear I don't endorse this, but I want to be a thousand percent clear after that. Yeah, and ke so keep in mind once again, these guys have been friends since the 1990s. So, I mean, keep that in mind when you think about what you're about to, to hear or see, that Alex Jones made a conscious choice to you know, air this. Uh, so, I mean, he's really tried. I, I mean, he's, I, I, up until now, you know, I kind of looked at him as just this silly clown, you know, but this is a guy, I guess, even a close friend, you know, if you piss him off, this guy will, will go for your throat, man. A trillion percent. Joe's a comedian. And Joe is not a racist. And Joe is a very, very private person. But I'm going to unleash this controversy because Joe has to see what it's like when things are cherry-picked. You know, I don't want to get into Joe's private life. But Joe has raised his wife, who's had children with, black children. For a minute, I thought he said he raised his wife. I think he said he raised his wife's black children. Uh, they say Joe, Joe loves black people. That just reminds me, I've been watching a lot of shows recently that have had uh, Jesse Lee Peterson on. I don't know if you're aware of Jesse Lee Peterson. He's this uh, right-wing talk show host. Uh, happens to be black, African-American. Some people accuse him of being a kind of Uncle Tom-like figure. Um, not the brightest bulb in the draw almost comes across as this kind of punch drunk kind of figure. And uh, he asked people the strangest questions. Like he had uh, this popular gamer slash debater who goes by the name Destiny on his show. And he just kept asking him. He's like, you like black people? No, not I think he said love. You love black people? You love black people? Love black people? And then he had David Pakman on. He's asking David Pakman repeatedly, you like sluts? You like sluts, David? You like sluts? But anyway, here we go. And overall, I think he, he was a very loving person. Uh, he doesn't like racists. He doesn't like bullies. I think Joe's been a good person. That's why it's so hurtful. And, and no one knows that, that, that he has adopted black children. Your older jokes about, oh, look at that. But that white woman, oh, oh, that's funny stuff, man. That jump there was in the original video. That wasn't my sloppy editing. You want to cuddle up to it, so feel what it's like, Joe. Here's Joe talking about going to see Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get ready for this. Well, just hear it for yourself. Here it is. 
There's Planet of the Apes, man. We're going to go see Planet of the Apes. So I look on the iPhone app, and it says, okay, take me to this one. And the guy goes, okay. I goes, is that in a good neighborhood? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guy barely speaks English. He takes us there. We get out, and we're giggling. Oh, we're going to go see Planet of the Apes. We walk into Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we walked into Africa, dude. We, we, we walked in the door, and there was no white people. There was no white people. Joe Rogan just said black people are apes. Okay, so, uh, of course, factually, all humans are apes, homo sapiens. We're, we're all primates. Um, but, you know, this feeds into the old ugly stereotype of black people being ape-like, of being subhuman or whatever. So when someone singles out black people's apes without pointing to the fact that we're all apes... It seems to imply that black people are, are subhuman somehow, or they're more animal than than other races or something, you know? So it's, it comes across as really ugly. And like I said earlier, you know, I'm someone who really likes inappropriate humor. I think that a, a job of a comedian is to kind of push the envelope and to get us to laugh often and uncomfortably, you know, at things maybe we wouldn't usually laugh at. Um, but this, you know, kind of brings up the philosophical question, can a comedian go too far? If you go too inappropriate, you know, can you cross over the line into, it's no longer comedy. You've, you've just gone into racism. And, even though, you know, I talked about Joe Rogan being rough around the edges, you know, that type of thing. Um, I, until I heard this, I never would have pictured him saying a joke like that. I could picture a lot of inappropriate, crazy things coming out of his mouth, but not that. And I'd be lying if I said I never heard people say, you know, say jokes like that before in my own life. You know, I have a lot of different friends from different social circles, uh, different cliques. Uh, I've known a lot of rough around the edges kind of figures throughout my lifetime. A lot of blue collar. Not to throw blue collar people under the bus because I come from a working class family. I work a blue collar job, still letting that design degree go to waste. You know, I swing a hammer. And white collar people are just as capable of saying ugly stuff, making racist jokes and stuff. But I've, you know, rubbed shoulders with some really rough around the edges type of characters who maybe don't even consider themselves as racist or think they're necessarily saying anything bad, but they just kind of shoot from the hip and, and say crazy shit, you know what I mean? And uh, so, I mean, I've heard stuff like this growing up or whatever in my life. Um... So I'm not some delicate flower who's never heard something like this before, far from it. But I just never pictured Joe Rogan saying a joke couched like this for some reason. Like, I could picture him kind of playing around with racial stereotypes in some way, you know, to get an uncomfortable laugh or whatever. But not to this degree. And in fairness to Joe, though... I guess, you know, and even Alex Jones is saying he kind of intentionally is taking this out of context because I guess a few minutes after this, 
Joe Rogan supposedly backpedals and apologizes. Either he realized what he said or someone wised him up to what, what he said and how it could come across, you know. Um, and he, he apologizes or whatever. But I don't think that necessarily takes the sting out of the initial comment. Uh, it's still a pretty ugly thing to say. And I'm not going to stop watching Joe Rogan because of this. Joe Rogan's show is one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, I, I really like Joe Rogan. Um, I, I love how he has thought-provoking guests on, etc. I, I love his long-form format and everything. Does this make me view him a little differently? Yeah, a little. It makes me think that maybe when it comes to race, there's something else going on below the surface that I didn't know was there before. But uh, here we go. Well, I guess born. That's why I hate him. But what do you think went on in the South 25, 27, 30 years ago in Democrats? Of course they dress up like that. That's all they do. Okay, yeah, so there's a lot of little, like, jump cuts or edits here. And uh, I know I'm infamous for my sloppy editing, but these were actually in the ori original video I pulled. And... Um, Right now, they're showing a picture of... There was some Democratic uh, Democrat politician who got in trouble because these racist images were brought up from his past. Uh, I think he's shown in blackface next to someone else wearing a Ku Klux Klan hood, and that's what they're showing here. Okay. I got invited to a Halloween party, and I showed up like 10 years ago, and it was all white people dressed up like black people. They said, oh, it's just fun. We're having fun. I said, I'm getting out of here, man. Because I don't want to have some celebration thinking I'm better than somebody. Like if I saw blacks making fun of white people, I'd say you're a bunch of damn racists. I'm sick of it. I believe in Martin Luther King. I believe in what people stand for. What they do is how they're judged. Not off what color they are. And all this anti-white racism crap, I stand against it. But let me tell you, if I said what Joe said... He was all for my deplatforming before. Now that he's under the heat. He's like, well, leave out. Well, I will say that um, Joe Rogan is so big that so far, I mean, this was what, a week or two ago? And unless I'm kind of living in a bubble, I haven't seen Joe being too negatively affected by this uh, controversy or a little scandal here. Um, I, I don't know if it will have an effect on the success of his show or if it will cause him to be deplatformed or whatever, even though I think it was, once again, I think it was an ugly, crude joke. As a Joe Rogan fan, I hope he doesn't get kicked off of YouTube or whatever. But yeah, in fairness to Alex Jones, yeah, if Alex Jones said this, and I say this as as someone who, you know, I consider myself a left-leaning independent. Yeah, if someone on the right said this, Forget about it, man. Um, so I Alex Jones probably does have something of a point there. Hey, fine. Great, Joe. I'm just letting you know something. That I know you're not a racist. And I know you do comedy because you think it's funny. Your interracial jokes, which are true, like the most interracial porn gets bought in the South. And <laughs> What's the in-between size? Mesomorphs? There's another jump. Like, got big torsos, short legs. I mean, I, I mean, there's some black people... Uh, for some reason, this amuses me. Alex Jones starts uh, comparing himself to an ape or talking about his own simian-like nature. Like Joe saying, look like me and look like an ape. There's some that are super tall and don't. 
The point is, there's white people look like that because we are Simeon. But yes, we are. Is that you can't sit there and say, I went to a black neighborhood on my iPhone app and they and I was in Planet of the Apes saying black people are apes. Joe Rogan it's just crazy. said black people are apes. Just like Watson, the former head of the Cold Springs Harbor Group, said blacks aren't human, they're apes. Well, if they're apes, then how can we breed with them, Joe? And are you saying your daughter is an ape? Hey, man, it's you up on your sanctum. Okay, yeah, now things... Things are getting really down and dirty. Uh, so I had no idea about this. Supposedly, uh, Joe Rogan has an interracial uh, daughter, a stepdaughter. And um, in another clip I play, Alex Jones has actually got to show pictures of her. So like I said, I guess I never knew this about Alex Jones, but he doesn't mess around. Even if you are someone who has a long personal history with him, if you piss him off, man, he's going to go for your throat. I mean, he ends up showing pictures of Joe Rogan's daughter and everything. It's, 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 it's fucking crazy. Quite frankly, I am like an ape. I can beat his head off. I got ape-like strength. Yeah, baby. I beat some big old black guys' asses, too. Thought they could kick my ass. They found out who the real ape was. I'm King Kong, baby. I'm not a shit. <laughs> but you can't shit. And actually, come on. Joe Rogan here, this profile, he kind of looks like an ape. Doesn't he? Just saying. Lo love you, Joe. I do. I, I, can, I love Joe Rogan, but... Oh, I'm, I'm starting to have some fun here. I'm getting a little silly. And before I forget, I'm probably not going to include these clips... But there's this comedian named, uh, is it Owen Benjamin? Owen Benjamin or something? Yeah, this comedian named Owen Benjamin. And I've seen him on Joe Rogan's show before. I never really necessarily ha had any strong feelings either way about the guy. Uh, he seemed all right as a guest on Rogan's show. And he and Rogan seemed to get along very well. I mean, I was under the assumption that they were friends to some degree or whatever. And Owen Benjamin actually appears on Infowars a couple of times. This this happened recently. And they just pigpile. They just dogpile on uh, Joe Rogan, man. And Owen Benjamin just goes for his throat, too. And, and that guy seems pretty wacky. He seems a bit unhinged. But anyway... Pull crap like that and say crap like that in a glass house and and, and basically I mean you heard him jeez jeez snake farm Just snake farm so there you go Joe Rogan says black people look like apes and black neighborhoods are planet of the apes yeah he uh he calls Joe a sneaky snake or something like that. Species. Sex with somebody. Yeah, I can. You have a baby who can then have babies. You can have a horse and a mule. They can have sex. They can't have babies. <laughs> you can have a horse and a donkey have sex, and they have a mule. It's a hybrid. The species are so close, but it can't have a baby. So I'm going to tag this on when we post this to Infowars.com, the last Joe Rogan video. I don't take pleasure in going after Joe Rogan. 
but he wants to sit up there and sanctimoniously say that uh, Nazi collaborator George Soros was a victim of the Nazis when he went on 60 Minutes at NPR and said it was happy-making, best time of his life, exhilarating. These are quotes, Joe. That's something I would like to do an episode on sometime is uh, George Soros to try to get to the truth of that. Um, this guy, this kind of financial high roller on the left who's really kind of vilified and demonized by far-right people and um, accused of being a Nazi collaborator, I believe as a kid during World War II, and he's uh, Soros is Jewish, um, I think he was taken under the wing of someone who was working for the Nazis, you know, to like someone that was trying to save people from extermination and kind of, you know, taking them under his wing or into his care so they wouldn't get killed by the Nazis. Yeah, so this is, you know, Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth. I think Wikipedia is usually pretty reliable. Uh, a lot of people scoff at it. Uh, you can research it for yourself if you want. But it says Soros was 13 years old in March 1944 when Nazi Germany occupied Hungary. The Nazis barred Jewish children from attending school, and Soros and the other school children were made to report to the Judenrat Jewish Council, which had been established during the occupation. Soros later described this time to writer Michael Lewis. The Jewish Council asked the little kids to hand out the deportation notices. I was told to go to the to the Jewish council, and there I was given these small slips of paper. I took this piece of paper to my father. He instantly recognized it. This was a list of Hungarian Jewish lawyers. He said, you deliver the slips of paper and tell the people that if they report, they will be deported. Soros did not return to that job. His family survived the war by purchasing documents to say that they were Christians. Later that year, at age 14, Soros posed as the Christian godson of an official of the collaborationist Hungarian government's Ministry of Agriculture, who himself had a Jewish wife in hiding. On one occasion, rather than leave the 14-year-old alone, the official took Soros with him while inventor... Well, inventorizing a Jewish family's confiscated estate. Tividar saved not only his immediate family, but also many other Hungarian Jews. And George would later write that 1944 had been the happiest year of his life, for it had given him the opportunity to witness his father's heroism. In 1945, Soros survived the siege of Budapest, in which Soviet and German forces fought house to house through the city. In 1947, Soros immigrated to England and became a student at the London School of Economics. Yeah, so like I was saying, uh, he was kind of taken under the wing of a collaborator or whatever who also had who happened to have a Jewish wife in hiding. So it seemed like this guy was trying to save Jews. And on one occasion, he took 14-year-old Soros along with him while uh, performing inventory or whatever on a Jewish family's confiscated estate. So I guess uh, that's what people kind of take and run with to say that Soros was a Jewish collaborator. Maybe there's more to it. I don't know. But okay. Anyway, onward. He's funding the Nazi EU. And then let's play the clip again. He, he says 
six, seven years ago in his Apple app, he's going to see Planet of the Apes. It directs him to this good neighborhood. So it's very elitist, too. Like, oh, I want a good neighborhood. It says it's a good place. And I go, and it's black people. And it's Planet of the Apes. Well, if you think about apes, you've got apes with pink skin, brown skin, <laughs> black skin. They're not humans. That's, I mean, Alex Jones is bringing up some pretty uh, insightful points in a weird way. It's true that apes and monkeys have all different skin colors and pigmentation and stuff. You ever see a, uh, is it a, is it called a proboscis monkey? Is that what it is? Those monkeys with the long Jimmy Durante noses and they're kind of pink. I think I remember hearing that indigenous African people in that area would actually uh, kind of make fun of white people by comparing them to proboscis monkeys. I think that's how it's spelled, proboscis monkey, or how it's pronounced, rather. Those monkeys crack me up. They have, like, they're pink, and they have, like, pink and white, and they have, like, big, long pickle noses, pot bellies, and a lot of times, for some reason, they're, like, photographed with these pink uh, erections. Yeah, proboscis or proboscis monkey. Well, that sucks. Good thing I already ate. I was looking for pictures of proboscis monkeys, and a picture came up of a uh, child with no eyes or nose and a, a tube-like proboscis appendage hanging off like the side of its head. And those ape species can't make babies together. We're our own amazing species. And the genetics of a white person versus a black person aren't even 1% different. Mm-hmm. Jeez, look at that picture. And my issue is... Joe Rogan is kind of ape-like. Asians, on average, can't process alcohol. Asians have different structures of their spine. Humans are different. We are diverging species, but we're still the same species. And I'm not some virtue signaler here who's guilty to be white. Being a Northern European, I am endowed on average with the highest IQ of any group of people on the planet. <laughs> now that All right, so uh, so he just took a turn towards like the race realism kind of thing and uh I try to avoid that minefield. There are very few topics that I consider taboo on my show, but that's such a goddamn minefield that I try to avoid the whole race realism thing. I think I've tackled it once or twice on a couple of really old episodes. Um, but I'm of the mindset that it's not impossible that there could be... You know, we know there are superficial differences between different groups. Um, skin color, hair type, that type of thing. Um certain quote-unquote racial groups can be more predisposed towards certain illnesses or whatever. Um, so to me, it's not implausible that on average there may, there may even be some differences in uh, intelligence just on average between different groups. Um, I don't think it's enough to really concern yourself with and I think it's kind of a dangerous thing to focus on because I think we should focus on our common humanity and not try to uh, start dividing ourselves up based on 
which group on average has the highest or lowest IQ or whatever. Um, and even if for the sake of argument, you are someone who buys into this idea that different groups have on average different IQs, um, I don't believe it's white people at the top. Even race realists say that it's uh, Asians, supposedly. Asians and then Ashkenazi Jews supposedly have the highest IQs on average, and then whites, I guess. And that's if you buy into that stuff. Um, and once again, you know, I feel really self-conscious even <laughs> broaching this topic a little. And it's, like I said, it's a minefield I try to dance around, you know. Yeah, once again, even though I think it's kind of a toxic and dangerous subject to uh, to wade into, um, I think just trying to be intellectually honest, uh, I don't see why, you know, if two different groups, I, I put racial in quotes because I'm one of those people that thinks genetically, even like Alex Jones was saying, you know, there's so little difference genetically between different groups. I don't even know if it's necessarily appropriate to try to break people into so-called races. But obviously there are different uh, ethnic groups. There are different, uh, you know, you have isolated groups of people that develop different characteristics over time. Uh, so if people can have different color skin, different eye shape, different hair type, uh, different susceptibility to certain diseases or medical disorders, it, it may not be implausible that there might be some difference on average in IQ, but that doesn't mean that if you're sitting next, if you're in a class sitting next to someone that you can automatically assume someone's intelligence level because of their skin color. Um, people of high intellect, people of average intellect and below average intellect come in all different skin colors, you know? Um, but I'm uncomfortable with this, so let's go on. On a curve, Dr. Camshaw, please. You know, on these bell curves they do. That doesn't mean that on average white people... Is that a silhouette of Bigfoot? What the hell is Alex Jones drawing? It's a very scientific diagram there. It means on average there are more Japanese and more whites that are on that curve. And people can say, well, or, or Russians or whoever you want to say. You sit there and say, well, that's the test. It doesn't matter. Where are people making spaceships and computers? It's in the West. But that isn't meaning then we hate black people. Because there are black people, statistically, they're as smart as anybody on the planet. It means on average, whites have the highest IQ. On average, well, you better have an IQ if you were spending hundreds of thousands of years in frozen wasteland at the top of the planet. Because if you went to bed, if you got back in your cave 10 minutes too late, you were dead in the doornail. In Africa and other areas in the equatorial regions, it was about how strong you were, how fast you were. What are you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, dad's black, mom's white. Standard Check this out. Powerful, powerful combination genetic-wise, right? You get the body of the black man, and then you get the mind of the white man all right. together in some yeah. strange combination. Starting that doesn't, by the, the way, mean that black people don't have brains. It's no. a different brain. Don't, right. don't get me Damn. So I believe uh, the progressive voice said he either found that last clip himself or someone sent it to him. Alex Jones didn't play that clip. 
Um, but that one's pretty damning too. So it's kind of weird that he said, you know, right to the, I guess at least he said to his face, right? Right to this biracial guy. I think in a weird backhanded way, I don't think he meant it to be backhanded, but he's trying to pay him a compliment. He's like, you get the white man's mind in the black person's body. Jesus Christ, you know? Um, And then he tries to like backpedal a little in this very clumsy way by saying, it's not that black people aren't smart. It's a different kind of smart. And so even if like you take into consideration what I was just talking about, like, Let's say for the sake of argument, these people who have these different theories about race and IQ, let's say there's something to what they propose and that there are different quote unquote racial or ethnic groups that do on average have either a high or a lower IQ or intelligence, you know? Um, I don't think the difference, I mean, I don't think the difference would be so great that like to merit saying that one group has a different kind of brain or, or is smart in a different kind of way than and other people, than another group, you know, um, you know, there's plenty of white people with average to below average intelligence. And there's plenty of black people or people or whatever race or group that, that are extremely intelligent. You know, you think about all the black scientists out there, people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, all the black scholars and academic academics. Um, I know from personal experience, having, black, you know, growing up, I, I didn't have a ton of black friends, but having some black friends and, and then going back to school as an adult for design and for some reason, a lot of pe- a lot of people in the design program with me happen to be uh, Hispanic or of African descent, and some really intelligent and creative people in there with me, you know, who just happen not to be white or whatever, who happen to be black or Hispanic. So I think even if you're one of these people who wants to buy into maybe there's something to do, to this idea that maybe maybe there could be differences to uh in in uh iq on average between different groups um that still doesn't mean that the group in general uh, you know they're so alien or their brains are so different that you have to say they're a different kind of smart that that's kind of fucked up you know um i could see maybe you could compare disparate cultures like if you look at a very high tech western culture um, and compare that to some kind of primitive indigenous culture that hasn't changed much since, you know, thousands of years ago. Yeah, there might have, they might have different survival techniques. They might use their brains in different ways because, um, one has to worry more about living outside and escaping predators and hunting. And the other one is sitting on their asses and using their brain in different ways, you know, relying more on uh, high tech on uh, high technology or whatever. But in general, I think, you know, the human brain is the human brain. And I like I don't care if you're black, Asian, white, Southeast Asian, whatever, um, Hispanic. And say you've grown up in the West or had, you know, a, a good education on par with a Western person. I don't think that your 
brain is going to be so different that you have to say, you know, condescendingly say, well, that type of person has a different kind of smarts. You know what I mean? I think there are some people who are more uh, street smart and there are some people who are more book smart. But I think that has more to do with socioeconomic factors and uh, education opportunities and not skin color and genetics. You know what I mean? I'm trying so hard not to get myself in trouble right now. You know what I mean? Uh, Oh, damn. It's funny, I remember during uh, one of my earlier attempts at going back to college, I took a psychology course, and I believe I did pretty damn well in it. And uh, the the instructor, the professor happened to be black, he was from Jamaica, I believe, and a really smart guy, and a, very, a guy with a very positive attitude, too. I remember he used to say, I, I can't do a Jamaican accent, but he was like, everybody has a Mercedes-Benz brain. Like, he tried to say that, like, you know, despite whatever differences or whatever, that everyone has a brain that's good enough to, like, excel in life or, or to do better, you know what I mean? Um, and it was just the trick of unlocking your own potential and applying yourself or whatever. And I think, and this is funny, because th- at this time, I was probably like in my early 20s or something. And even back then, I remember, um, I think I kind of made him feel uneasy because for some reason, the subject of spirituality or the soul or something like that came up. And I basically said something about how I I, I pretty much didn't believe, literally believe in a soul. I think when you're dead, you're dead. It's just, you know, and I think that put him off a little as well as some other people in the class. But I had a couple of other people come up to me after the class and be like, yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, and hopefully this doesn't sound like I'm patronizing or being condescending, but... Growing up, I had a uh, a good friend who happened to be black, also named Phil, who was a far better student than me. And I say this affectionately, was something of a nerd, like Star Wars, Dungeons and Dragons nerd, that kind of thing. He was a cool kid. Still, I still talk to him sometimes. Uh, mother, who's a uh, well-respected uh, professor at a big university. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's good to try to separate people into different groups uh and and try to assume a person's iq by their uh their skin color or whatever and so now let's play uh the second clip this one also comes from the progressive voice friend of 20 years met him in 1998 joe rogan is a very private guy and yesterday i played this shocking clip we're about to get to of him a few years ago on the podcast before I moved into his new studios, I guess five, six years ago, saying that, I'm not saying this, this is Joe Rogan said it, that black people are apes and that the, their neighborhoods are planted of the apes. And when I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, Joe Rogan is, is married to the very beautiful daughter of a famous comedian. And he has two biological children with her, two daughters. I have three daughters and a son. So I empathize, and and then you know he he's got a adopted black daughter who he loves and is very beautiful by the way looks like a supermodel. He's yeah he's gonna show pictures of the daughter. We can scroll through some of the photos. 
And I guess I, by proxy, am too, so... And she's gorgeous. Holy crap. It's unbelievably good looking. It's crazy. My issue here is, if governor of Virginia, they're saying, resign over being in blackface, which I don't think he should have to. I think it's I think it's distasteful. I've never done it. But if somebody says, hey, it's 30 years ago, 25 years ago, it's a yearbook, I'll buy it. But see, he's a leftist who said that other people that did stuff like that should resign as well. So now we're going to go by your yardstick. So Joe Rogan sits up there on this high horse. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question, not to get sidetracked. Um, I haven't really been following that story that much, but... Yeah, I think it might be one of those, th even though, you know, it was so long ago, I don't think he necessarily deserves to be made into a total pariah, completely ostracized, made to go live in a cave or something, you know, for something stupid and ugly he did 30 years ago. But maybe uh, as far as his political career goes, I mean, I, I don't think maybe it's asking too much to say, dude. Come on, even though it was a long time ago, college or whatever. The, I don't know if it was high school or college. You were in blackface, dude. You were wearing blackface, you know? And this wasn't like in the antebellum south or something. You know, what What the hell was it? When was this? Like the 80s or something? Um, so it's like, dude, maybe uh, you should think twice about your political aspirations. Maybe we should find someone else. Uh, you were wearing blackface and standing next to a guy getting your picture taken, you know, who was wearing a Ku Klux Klan robe. You know, I mean, maybe um, maybe it's not completely fair. You know, you don't deserve, like I said, to be completely exiled from society. You deserve to still be able to make a living doing something. But uh, maybe, it, you know, it's fair to uh, say that, you know, your political career, eh, maybe that's something you're going to have to rethink. You know, that's... <laughs> Maybe you were a different person back then. I don't know. But you wore blackface, dude. And also, I think the same guy... Was it the same guy who later admitted that he had worn blackface while imitating Michael Jackson at a later point in his life? So it's like... You know, we're not going to send you off the island, so to speak. But maybe you need to find a different career or change your aspirations. Because it's it's probably not good for anyone to have this guy uh, who was caught wearing blackface running for office. That, uh, you know, I'm this big bad guy because I questioned Sandy Hook when they're admitting chemical attacks on children were fake in the BBC today. And so many other cases. I mean, we should question everything. But he's on this high horse. What does his daughter, I want to call her black, white, just a beautiful young lady. What does she call it when her stepfather says that black people are can I can I go off on a digression here and she seems like uh, I mean she's a beautiful girl and I don't mean to uh, to throw her under the bus here but one of my pet peeves is when, is when girls do this pose I think there's a lot of girls who think this pose is sexy when they when they squat down like this and I'm like all I can think of, it, it looks like you're about to uh, go number two on the lawn like a cocker spaniel or something. There's much sexier poses. 
uh, as as much of a as as a raging hetero pervert as I can be. I've I've never been big about that pose. Uh, and if you can't, if if you're listening to to an audio only version, uh, she's she's like crouching down on on the lawn and giving this like come hither look over her shoulder. But uh, beautiful girl, I will say that. And man, I just keep putting my foot in my mouth this episode. I keep digging that grave deeper. Jesus. Um, but yeah, you know, to Joe Rogan's credit, you know, we think of him as this kind of tough guy, you know, this um, guy studied martial arts, obviously very into bodybuilding and stuff, uh, working out. Um I believe he used to box as a younger man. Uh, you know, he's a, a UFC announcer, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, he can be very kind of understanding, very mellow, you know, um, very patient in a sense. And I think his reaction to that first video from Alex Jones was, he's like, Alex, I still love you. If I see you. I'm still going to give you a hug and call you my friend. Let's talk. Let's work this out, you know. But I wonder how he reacted when he heard or saw this crap where, like, Alex Jones is showing pictures of his daughter on the air and, and talking about uh, the details of his, you know, talking about his family business and stuff. Jeez. And again, Joe's the one up there pontificating up on this royal high horse about how good he is and how great he is. Yeah, there's Joe's daughter. Uh, she looks stunning there, yeah. So, yesterday I noticed the comments, because I went and checked the comments on the video last night on Infowars.com and Newswars.com, and some were like, oh, Jones, don't say he's not a racist. He doesn't have a black daughter. Why, you don't know that. So I spent like 20 minutes this morning searching. I found it. And once I did, I found the, the Facebook, the Instagram, all of it. And... Uh, so this thing about that, here's this guy, you know, these guys are supposed to be friends since the, since the 90s. Imagine just one of like your close friends just digging through pictures of your uh, daughter so he can show them on the air. Really kind of creepy. Just really uh, getting uh, down and dirty, man. It's just crazy. So here's how this works. You defend the establishment. We then judge you by the establishment's gauge. I don't think Joe's done anything wrong. I get his joke. Because Joe says we're all simian in a way, which we are. So so, so he's not actually doing that. But according to your gods of Silicon Valley and your whole measurement system, dude, you're a really bad person that shouldn't be on the air. I'm not saying take you off the air. I'm just saying, Joe, I've got six more rounds in the cylinder of stuff just as bad or worse. And like I told you, I'm going to start laying it out every couple of days. <laughs> another one. Yeah, he's going for the throat, man. And, and so I think Alex Jones' reasoning here is that, hey, you were supposed to be my friend. And you're trying to, uh, you know, throw me under the bus because of uh, Sandy Hook. So now I'm going to show that you're no saint either. And I'm going to chuck you under the bus for these racial comments you made uh you know, some years ago or whatever. So I guess that's his, his reasoning in his head. Um, and, and so, I mean, what do I think of that reasoning? I mean, on the one hand, I think it's really ugly stuff and it, it's worse than 
what Joe Rogan did, you know, I, and what did Joe Rogan do? I guess Joe Rogan, like a lot of people, was put off by Alex Jones's uh, Sandy Hook comments or his stance on the whole Sandy Hook thing, implying that it was, uh, you know, a false flag or, you know, some kind of conspiracy garbage. Uh, that these dead children were really never killed. The parents were crisis actors. Um, a lot of people were offended by that. So in the wake of that, Joe didn't have him on again. And I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to remember. Joe may have said in part that may have been why he hasn't had Alex Jones on the show. I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% sure about that. But I could see. As a as a good friend, or someone you know has been friends with this guy for decades, all of a sudden you know your good friend won't have you on his show anymore. Maybe kind of feeling like he's turned his back on you and being kind of upset about that. I think I don't know. The digging up the old clips is one thing. Focusing on Joe's stepdaughter, that's kind of below the belt. And I think that's significantly worse than the transgression he perceives Joe being guilty of. Um, but I think, you know, in fairness, they're both they both have some measure of guilt here in the sense that Joe probably has some apologizing to do for those racist comments. And Jones, although I don't think we'll ever get a proper apology from him, you know, he's guilty of saying that ugly stuff regarding Sandy Hook or pushing those ugly conspiracy theories. So I don't know if Joe Rogan has or not, because I haven't watched his show in maybe a week. But it, I think it would be good of him to address this and just admit how ugly it was to say that stuff, how wrong it was. Um I actually don't know what he was thinking in the first place. You know, sometimes people do make really kind of wild over the top remarks or whatever, you know, when they're uh, hanging out with friends or whatever. Um, but not only was it wrong to say from a moral standpoint, you would think that a guy who has a history being in the public eye, you know, being an actor, a stand-up comedian, uh, a game show host, etc., that he would have enough savvy and sense to realize that's not the type of thing you want to say on camera, you know? Uh, just Because he said it. I mean, it's not like he was hot-miked or something. He he was saying it during the course of, uh, of, of his podcast. So, I mean, do I think it was kind of shitty of Rogan not to have Alex Jones on? Um in the wake of all that Sandy Hook stuff, you know, as distasteful and ugly as I find all those Sandy Hook conspiracies. And I think that, you know, Jones should be held accountable for the stuff he said. I think it's actually, I'm actually kind of glad that the Sandy Hook families decide to try to sue him or whatever. Um, I think just as a friend, as a friend, it probably would have been good of Rogan to have him on again and say, okay, Okay, man, you know, say your piece. Is there anything, you know, you want to apologize for? Is there anything you think people aren't taking into consideration? I've known you since the 90s, man. Here's your chance to talk. I know you're a decent guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. That probably would have been good. 
that probably would have been good. And in fairness to Rogan, I don't know if he reached out or like that or not or and offered that kind of opportunity. I don't. Um, it, it seems like Jones doesn't think he did. But I also think it's kind of overkill and shitty for Alex Jones to have, you know, just uh, I'm talking in the context of a friendship to do that to a friend, to dig up these old, really loaded clips and also to show the guy's daughter, stepdaughter, on you know on the air and and drag her into all this. And I guess you know I'm kind of guilty too. Uh, like I said, you know by proxy of uh, also showing his stepdaughter. But uh, I don't think I'm not coming at Rogan the way uh, Jones is. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm all, I'm also not a personal friend of the guy. But that's probably all I have to say about that. So. Let's see if I get myself into trouble for the way I've handled this. And uh, hopefully someone out there finds this episode more enjoyable than yesterday's uh, episode. All right, brothers and sisters, until next time.